0: If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you want to turn to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23. You can turn and mark that place, again, to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23. The other two places will be a little faster to get to, the book of Genesis, chapter 1. So again, go ahead and mark in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23. Then you can also get into the book of Genesis, chapter 1. 2 Samuel 23, mark that if you will, and let's go back to the very beginning of the scriptures into the book of Genesis chapter 1, but our initial verse is going to come out of the book of Psalms 119. So again, Second Samuel chapter 23 and Genesis chapter 1, but let's begin reading one verse if we can out of the longest chapter in the book, Psalms 119. And let's ease on down to the 105th verse that says this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want you to notice that we're really going to zero in on that verse for a little while. I've just... Over and over and over again, I've thought about this verse, how that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This morning, my prayer is that God would do just this, that he would light the way. Light the way for you. Look at, I want you to kind of tie two words together, if you will, for just a second. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, lamp in the feet. But he also goes on to say, in a light to my path. Lamp in the feet and a light unto my path. I believe that God, and we're going to see in just a little bit, that God not only illuminates what we are currently experiencing, I believe that God also illuminates the things that are ahead of us. Folks, if you've ever lived in this life and you've ever got a glimpse of the reality of heaven you know exactly what I'm talking about. That God not only can protect you in each step here in this life, but He can also show you those things that are before. Here in the book of Psalms, if you want to turn back and read this entire psalm, it's it's a pretty amazing psalm, in the way that it's written in and of itself. You see, each of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, when you take those, each one, each letter has a a stanza or a part of a poem that we might read. And in that, each one has eight verses. So this particular Hebrew letter that's noon, this particular Hebrew letter, let's look at these eight verses that all tie together. And by the way, I think in all but about three, three verses, every one of them refer to the words of God. So this morning when we read the very first verse, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let's look at these scenes today. And I want to go back to Psalm 119. And I want to begin reading if I can in the 105th verse. And you can count eight verses down through the 112th verse. Why are these things all kind of lumped together? And what's the importance of these? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. But he said, revive me or as he even says, quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Again, the psalmist is talking about a pain that's involved. And he said, but God, your word is going to fix my problems. Can I say this this morning? That whatever problem you have, that the word of God can fix your problems. I'm going to say that one more time. The word of God can fix your problems if we'll let it. And David said, he said, I'm hurting, he said. But I trust, even before any pain is inflicted upon me, I already trust, God, that your word is going to take care of me. Folks, God's word will stand when the world's on fire and everything else is destroyed, His word is still true. Let's read on if he goes on, he says, I am afflicted. He said, Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. Notice, see if you can relate to this verse. The wicked have laid a snare before me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Lord, he said, everywhere that I go and all the things that I do in life, he said, there's traps, there's snares, there's evil everywhere, but I avoided them because I listened to you. I still believe in that today, folks, that we can avoid a lot of things in our life if we listen to God. But the key to all of this is God speaking and man listening. This particular Hebrew letter that we're reading about, these eight verses, talks about the word noon or the letter noon and how it's talking about that God is is radiant. Now, when you think about radiant, I want to talk about this just a second Radiant means equally all the way around. You can see ahead, you can see behind, and you can see all the way around you. I think David said in the Psalms, he talked about how the evil encamped around about him is a lion that wanted to eat flesh and devour the flesh. He said everywhere it went, there's just something about God saying I can show you what's all around you. You know what? And I know that we preach and we teach that, that that you're supposed to put your hand to a plow and you're supposed to look forward. But you know, don't forget this morning that the Scriptures teach us to remember. Now when we say remember, it means to go back to what you once were. Folks, aren't you glad today that, that we don't have to become sinners again, but God can remind us of who we are and where we are headed. It's radiant. God said, I can see these things. He said, the wicked have laid a snare for me. Yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever. For they are rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart. Again, it's not just the deeds that he does with his hands. Or the places he goes with his feet. Notice the path. This is all part of the stanza. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always even unto the end. I want to ask you something. What is it like to walk in darkness? Now, we're going to go back to Genesis 1 in just a minute how there was a darkness that was there. But I believe that God, and we're going to see in a little while, that God does not want us to stay in darkness. So many people today that if they don't know where they're walking or they don't know what they're doing, they need their path illuminated so they can know where they're stepping. Have you ever gone somewhere and tried to walk if you know that you're walking on a a good ground or you're walking in a good territory, you don't worry about the darkness because you just know where you're at. What happens when you're walking in darkness and the terrain is not even? I can assure you right now that if we was to get out of here in the darkest of nights without any moon that's shining or any light that we might have in the sky, if I was to tell you to walk on a paved area or a trampled down dirt area, you probably wouldn't be as worried about that. But what if you went through an area that that was not smooth, that might have had holes in it or it might have had something you could trip on or let's even go further than that. What if there was evil? What if there was harm? What if there were things along the way you would be a lot more leery of walking in a path because you did not know where you were going to step I believe this morning That you and I that, that, that whatever it is before us We do not know the terrain We do not know the things that are ahead of us But I know one that does I believe God already knows What the surface is like Before we step on the next surface I believe God knows the circumstances Before we even step Into that circumstance of our life Folks, God is already there There and he teaches us to hear thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I remember reading a story of Eric Weinheimer. He was a blind guy that liked to hike. And he was out with the group one time. And night had fallen and while they were out hiking and they were in this darkness, they had to turn to the blind man that, that, that couldn't see good because he had a sense that he could guide them in the darkness. Folks, do you know who is the, the ultimate guide that we can have in our life? It's the Spirit of God that we can have. But are we depending upon one that has the ability to lead us in the darkness? Do we depend on Him or do we just surrender saying, I cannot do any more? And, and notice what the psalmist is saying is that, that here that, that, that the blind are going to be illuminated and the light's going to happen. For he said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, the very first word, lamp, just means just what you and I would think of. It's something that goes into darkness. Remember this. Darkness cannot overcome light, but light will always overcome darkness. But he says, your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet. It's an illumination. It's something that is there. It's something we can see even by artificial means. You go into businesses now, they want to illuminate with natural, excuse me, with artificial lighting so that you can see the way. The whole purpose is when it's dark, they want you to see the way. Folks, just because we live in a dark and sinful world does not mean that God wants us to be in the dark and not to have any guidance in our life. Now I want you to ponder what I just said. Just because we're in the dark doesn't mean God wants us to stay in the dark. He wants us to use His Word. His word, we take it and we apply it. And read this verse once again: "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." Word "path" means we're just like that of a traveler. Traveler just means we're not in our, our, our home territory. We're just going in a place that we're not familiar with. And you know what? You and I today, we may be somewhat familiar with our culture. We may be somewhat familiar with the places that we are at. We may be familiar with the terrain. But you know, I believe today that, 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 that you and I are traveling a thing called life that we do not know. Sometimes in our own houses, electricity goes out and it's really dark. We can navigate. Why? We're familiar with that territory. What happens when you're in unfamiliar territory and then the lights go out? You see, you and I, we're going through an an uncharted waters of life. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing, but God does. And do we take His Word? And you know what? His Word is not on any other power grid. His Word is supplied by the, the energy of God that can give us the illumination that we need. So when we say, God, you need to light the way, then God can light the way not depending on something else. He is the source of light. And we're going to get to Genesis in a minute. But you see, you and I today, if we need light in the darkness of night, then we're going to need some form of electricity or or, or energy and power that that we can generate so that we can have light. Now, during the daytime, we don't need those things. God's provided the light. But notice this, God needs no other source to provide that, that light. And if today you are in a place and a point in your life that you need illumination on the to the, the, the path that you're on and you need God to light the way, God's going to do just that. God wants to do that and God can do that for you and for me. <coughs> Where he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Our feet struggle in, in the darkness. We struggle by so many ways because we... And if you've ever been in a familiar place and then all of a sudden it's dark, you stumble over something that shouldn't be there. Somebody else put the shoe in the way and you stumble over the shoe. Why? It wasn't supposed to be there. Folks, sin is in our life and it's not because we put it there. It was put in our lives because of Adam and Eve and the sin that they committed in the garden. But how many people feel comfortable and they're trying to go through life without the word of God or God enlightening the past so that we might see. And notice what the psalmist is saying. Thy word is a lamp unto my Folks, if there's a walk that we need to have in life, I believe we need to be walking with the Lord. I didn't read you this verse, but I want to turn over for just as... I didn't tell you about this verse. I'll read it to you in just a second. You don't have to turn. But in Hebrews chapter 11, let me read to you if I can about Enoch. <clears throat> By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God Remember, we go back and read Genesis in a second, but in Genesis it talks about that Enoch walked with God. Now we're talking about God illuminating a path, and we're talking about God showing us a way it is possible to walk with God. And here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 and even in verse 6, how that Enoch pleased God? And that's why he says in the 6th verse, but without faith it is impossible to please Him, for He that cometh cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek thee. You and I may think it's, it's odd or rare or matter of fact, we might even think it's impossible to walk with God. Folks, it is not impossible to walk with God. It's not impossible. Enoch walked with God and how that God favored him because Enoch took the words of God and he believed them. Folks, if you will take the Word of God and you apply them to your path, you will see that you will find a lighted way, an illuminated way, that God wants you to have the guidance that you need, and it is possible, but it's only possible by believing in the words of God. Isn't it amazing the way the man can tell you it's going to snow, and we believe it and nothing happened, but folks, when Jesus says, I'm coming back again, it becomes irrelevant and doubtful. You see, Moses, the people got impatient and they didn't want to wait on him to come down with the commandments of god over and over again people just don't believe in the promises of god folks i'm telling you this it's not that man will do it intentionally even unintentionally but man's words will falter and fail but god's words are sure they are sure they are steadfast and they cannot be changed by man they not can be altered by man now that tried to happen in the garden of eden but that didn't change it it just changed how they perceived it but it didn't change what was happening but here we see that, that Enoch, it was very possible that he can walk with the Lord. Matter of fact, when you go back and read about Enoch in the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, over and over again it talks about, and he died, and he died, and he died. And I thought how sad it is that people just died, and they died, and they died. But right in the midst of all that, there was about somebody that walked with God. Isn't it amazing in the midst of a dead world that there are people that can walk with God? Isn't that absolutely amazing? You know what the norm would be? I would just be like the rest of them. And we see that Enoch, obviously Enoch lived in a very sinful time. But even that was not an excuse. You know what people say? Well, preacher, the times we live in now, we don't have a choice. We just got to give into the world and do what the world wants. No, you don't. We must still abide by God's word regardless of the circumstances around us. No matter how dark it gets, let the word of God be a guide to your light, life, your path that you're on and your life that you are living. Let God's word illuminate away. And here it says that about Enoch, it talked about how that the, the wickedness of man was, was, was very evil and continually wicked. But right in the midst of all the ungodliness, Enoch still, we see, according to those scriptures, walk with God. Amos asked a question in the third chapter, I believe it is, about the third verse. He said, can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, as we walk through our life and as we go through this path and our feet are trying to go in an area... Are we inviting God to go along with us along the way? And, and the, the fact is is that it's, not that it's not just amazing that these people died in the book of Genesis chapter 5, but it's a fact that it's amazing that there are people that walk with God. It's amazing today that people still want to walk with God. But let's go back and look at our, our verse in Psalms 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want to ask you a very personal question. Do you believe that the Word of God can protect you from evil? I'm going to give you my answer. I believe that. But you know what? My answer doesn't have to be your answer. Matter of fact, it's not your answer. You have to have your own convictions. Do you believe that God's Word can protect you from evil? Matter of fact, at thy word, Go study that. At thy word. At thy word, God, do we believe. At thy commands, God, do we believe. And not only do we believe that God can protect us from evil, do you believe that God's word can guide us to good? Remember what we read in the very beginning. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet where I am. But he also says, and a light unto my path. We have gotten a little spoiled or a little acclimated to... GPS systems now in other words you just punch in where you're going and it tells you step by step where you're going folks I believe that God's word is a road map that we can have and you know what the roadmap's not going to lead you I'll never, never forget one of the first times I ever used a GPS took me to a gas station that was closed and I was very low on gas not at no fault of the GPS. It just didn't know what the gas station I was where. It just guided me to a place. You know what we're doing a lot of times? We put confidence in something that there is a margin of error. Folks, let me tell you something I believe about God. There is absolutely no margin of error with God, He's perfect. He's perfect. He th- you know how you, you experience something and you're like, oh, I never even thought about that, folks. God's not surprised by anything. He already knows all of these things. He knows everything. He knows all of these things. And that's why He tells us in His Word, He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. These metaphors that we're reading about here in Psalm 119... Again, you've got this whole stanza of these eight verses that talk about the evil that's trying to consume. And God, no no matter how much evil is after me, I'm not going to protect myself. I'm just going to let your word give me the comfort that I need. There's an idea that a lot of this comes from the old Eastern tradition that when you went into a town or a village, they didn't have lights. Or let's put this in a more modern term they didn't have street lights that if you were going to go into a town and you needed illumination, don't depend on them to provide it for you. You go. Let me, let me put that in 2023 terms. Folks, do not go out into the world and ask them to show you the way, for the world will show you a way that leads straight to hell. But folks, take the presence and the Word of God when you go out there and take God with you. Let God be your God along the way. Let God be the one that you apply to. Let God be the one that you take your steps. And when they would go into these eastern towns and they would would come to a place and it was dark, they didn't have to worry about what was provided. They had what they needed. Aren't you glad today to know that God's already given you what you needed before you walk out the doors today? Aren't you glad today to know that God has already been lighting the way for you and for me as we take off on this journey called life. And God's providing the things that we stand in need of because there's no fixed lamps. There's no torches. God has to give us what we need. Genesis chapter 1, if you mark that place. Let's talk about light for just a minute. And as you're turning to the place you've marked, Genesis 1 Remember this, God leaves nothing unfinished. God leaves nothing unfinished. If it's unfinished or it's not the way that he intended, it's not because of an error on his part, it's on the human side of it. In the beginning, the very first verse, God created the heaven and the earth. So over and over again, we're going to see about God and what God's able to do. And the earth was without form. That's problem number one. There was no form to it. But you know what? God's going to give it form. That's going to happen on day two and three. God's going to give it form. But let's keep reading. There was darkness. So it was unformed, it was, it was, it was a darkness that was there. And the Spirit of God moved up on the face of the water. So we're going to see it didn't have no form, it wasn't filled with anything, and it was darkness. Let's go on and read in the third verse. And God said, let there be light. I'm glad there's not a period there. Because you can see that the the nanoseconds are slow compared to this. And there was light. I think about how fast that happened. That here we, we see, by the way, this is not the creation of the sun. That's going to happen in a few more days. This is a creation of God dividing good and evil. God setting two different paths. In the very beginning of time, there's two paths. You know, we think that sin originated with Adam and Eve. And even though that's true, folks, evil existed before Adam and Eve came along. It was still there and it was present before they came along. But look what happened. God said, I'm going to divide this up. Let there be light, and there was light. For I love how the beginning of that third verse said, God said. Did you notice when we read through you the very first verse in Psalms 119 and 105? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. God said, let there be light. Before a man ever needed it, God said, I'm going to give you what you need to have illumination and The light to be guided along the way. John chapter 1, we may not read it, but John chapter 1 talks about Jesus being the light with a capital L. Not just just a person, but the person that we stand in need of. But let's go on and read this right here. And God said, can I read you a couple of places this morning? You don't have to turn. Let me read to you. Psalm 33 and 6 said this. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalm 46 and 6 said this: The heathen raged, the king was removed. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. <laughs> Folks, do you believe in the power of the spoken word of God? I believe in it. I believe in God's Word. I believe that this these 66 books that we have right here, they were inspired by God. And they're for you and for me. They're not just a collection of books that that, that, that we just want to preserve and set aside and, and never read them. We're supposed to take the Word and apply it to our life. And that's why that we have a, a lot along the way is that God's providing what we stand in need of. And God said... I believe that if you'll notice, and you'll listen to God for just a minute this morning, listen to what God is saying. And God said, folks, it always makes sense, and it's always the right thing to do, to follow God's Word. That's always in, it's always in order. That's always appropriate for you to follow God. And I want to tell you something else. God does not just ramble. God does not kind of just talk just for the sake of be talking. You ever been around somebody that talks for the sake of be talking? Or maybe somebody that's just kind of rambling, or maybe their their, their mental state doesn't make any sense, and you, you cannot comprehend this, folks. God does not talk like that. God does not talk in incoherent means. We can understand God if we will listen to God. Boy, that there, there's a power in listening. But he said, God, but God said, "Let there be light." Before that, there was absolute darkness. But God said, "That's not the way it's going to be." He said, "I'm going to give." Light so you got an earth that was unformed, you got an earth that was unfilled, but I here's what I've always found interesting in this. God created the things that he needed or God had the things that he needed before the light came on. It's almost like I can see that I almost think of millions of trees piled up over here God said, I'm not done yet. I've got what I need. I'm going to plant them exactly where they're going to be in a minute. This is all part of God's plan. But I'm telling you that because just because it was unseen does not mean it didn't exist. Folks, there's a lot of things that God's trying to show us that's part of His plan. That maybe there's things in your life that God's going to illuminate and it's unfinished. We really struggle with that. Well, God, why is this even here if it's not finished? Because God's not finished yet. It's not our place to pick up what God has laid aside and say, we're going to finish this for you, folks. We do not complete the work of God, which is what concerns me with salvation. People are trying to finish the work of God. Folks, I believe salvation is something totally of God. It's not our place to intervene and try to say, well, well, God, you laid this here for me, so I'll do it. Let God do the work in the life. And everything was, was, was empty. There was no filling. There was no, it was all empty. There was no form about it. And it said, "And God said, Let there be light. Fourth verse says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and that God divided the night from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. It's about the 16th verse, I guess it is, that God made the the greater light. Talking about the, the moon and talking about the stars and the sun that God put in the sky. That was all put later on. But I believe that God wants us to have clarity in our life. And I told you about John chapter 1 and that 14th verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But notice what happened. He dwelt among us. Have you ever been around a person that they're just they're they're the masters of hiding? They're just good. Folks, Christ didn't come to this earth to hide and be concealed. It was to reveal. Today, God's not taking your life and his word and hiding it. He wants you to know all about it. He wants you to take it and apply it to your life in the path that you're on. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet and is a light unto my path. Do you believe today that God wants to illuminate the way? But if you turned and you saved the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23, turn over there for just a moment. You see, in the midst of Psalms 119 and 105... Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Light just means that it's going to clear up anything. It's clear. I'm going to tell you this story real quick and I'm going to read out of this verse. Last week we were in Jamaica and all of a sudden I wasn't paying much attention and one of the locals said, you might want to get those clothes off the line. I said, why? They said, it's fixing to rain. And Sure enough, there I looked up and there was a big old cloud coming in so because of the, the, the presence of a cloud, there was potential. Let me, let me phrase that a little bit different. Because it wasn't clear skies, there was potential for things to happen we didn't want to happen. Sure enough, for about five minutes it came a good shower. But you know what God said? He said, I want you to live a life without a threat of anything like that to happen. Now, am I going to stand before you and tell you things are not going to happen in your life? No. But I am going to tell you this, that if we will allow God, He can get us to where our life is free and clear of worries that we have. Do you believe that you can live a worry-free life? Take no fault for tomorrow. Go study that one out. But you see today, when we think about the worries that we have, read, if you will, 2 Samuel 23 and verse 4. And He shall be as the light of the morning. You're talking about clearing the way. When the sun riseth, even as a morning without clouds. Oh, what a dream this is. This must be something that that even only television can produce a life that you mean it's possible to wake up in the morning and we're free and clear? It's exactly what he means when he says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He is a light. He's a guide. He's going to remove anything. And we wake up and He says, A morning without clouds. And as the tender grass springeth out of the earth. Why? Because it is like clear shining after the rain. You know what, folks? I believe there are people in our lives, and we may be going through that even this very moment of time, that there are storms in there. But you know what? God does not want us to focus on the storms. He wants us to enjoy the clear skies. He doesn't want us walking down a path that that is obstructed or a path that we cannot see. It's not that God's going to necessarily remove things from our path. He's going to shine a light on it so you'll know to step over it. Step over it. That's all he's saying is step over what I am showing you. Guide, but let him lead you and guide you and be along the way. So when we say God, light the way, we're saying God, your presence can overcome all the darkness that we face in life. And thy word can be just that, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you here this morning? Did you wake up like we read here in 2 Samuel? He is shining as the light of the morning when the sun riseth even a morning without clouds. And the life that is inside of that. You see storms are necessary in our life but aren't you glad today that when we go through the storms that God is still shining a light on the past saying there's a purpose and there's a reason. He said I'm going to let goodness come out of these things. Today my prayer is that God would be just exactly what we all stand in need of. Which is the Thy word being a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lamp to the feet, which is where we currently are, and a light to the path of the things, especially that are before us. We can see behind, we can see all around us. But he said, especially we can see where you're going. Folks, if you're here today, I'm praying that God would show you what you have ahead of you. If you're here and you're saved, I pray that God will give you a glimpse of heaven. Folks, I'm telling you, God desires for us to get a glimpse you're here and you're unsaved, I pray that he would show you through his word and his spirit what awaits you that are unsaved by the grace of God. Folks, it's a place called hell. And you must be saved before it's everlasting too late. That's what's on my heart this morning. I want us to get a song.